0: Welcome to the How to Learn Anything course from Plato University, where you're going to learn the science-based tools of pro-learners to accelerate your learning, remember more, and master any hard skills. These are the secret techniques they didn't tell you in school. If you're passionate about changing your life with learning, join us at Plato.University to get exclusive content with every lesson. I'm your learning guide, Brandon Stover, and let's get started. All right, before we start diving into all the learning techniques that are gonna make you a pro learner, let's discuss what this learning should look and feel like when you're engaging in it. In any learning that you're doing, your learning should be active and focused. And we're gonna break down exactly what those two words mean. The first part is when you're learning, you want to engage in what's called active learning. When you're learning, it's important to study actively, making your brain work hard and think hard. For example, don't just look at a problem solution, instead actively work the problem yourself. Or try to remember the main points from a video you just watched, or a book section you just read. And this is in opposition to passive learning, which is where you just effortly listen or read, and are not effectively taking in the information. In your brain, your neurons are just sitting still, not sprouting new connections that form new links. See, when you passively glance at material, you aren't encouraging new neural connections to form. However, when you actively work the material in your mind, you're forcing new spines of your neurons to emerge and connect with other axons of other neurons. Additionally, as we started to learn in the last lesson, when you're actively learning, you're taking this information in, not just to hold it into your mind, but to actually apply it in real life. So active learning requires you to learn through things like projects, engaging in something called active recall, or trying to teach it to others. All of the techniques that we're going to cover in this course are active learning techniques. And so as we go along, you'll see why these are much more effective than passively taking material in. Now, the second part of our learning equation is learning should be focused. Now, the brain has two completely different modes of thinking and learning. The first is called the focus mode, and it's exactly what it sounds like. You're in the focus mode when you're focusing on something. For example, you may be concentrating on an explanation of of a physics problem or intently memorizing new vocabulary words. The second mode is called the diffuse mode, and this mode is also important for thinking and learning. While you're in the diffuse mode, thoughts are still flowing through your mind. You're just not focusing on any particular thing while it's happening. For example, you're in the diffuse mode when random thoughts pop up while you're standing in the shower, washing the dishes, or falling asleep. When you're in this mode, your brain can connect different thoughts and ideas in a way that it can't while in the focus mode, which is busy suppressing everything except what you're focusing on. Now, learning involves going back and forth between focus mode and diffuse mode. Now, the best way to begin switching between these to optimize your learning is when you're first learning material, like the foundation of material we talked about in the last lesson, You should focus on it, meaning you work intensely on the material until you begin to really struggle with it. Then you take a break and the diffuse mode works on the ideas in the background. Then you return to focus again and it starts to make better sense. You see, the way our brains work is that we can't form strong neural connections right out of the gate and just become experts overnight. You must first start by focusing and creating those strong connections in your brain, followed by letting our brain rest and make sure that those connections are created properly. See, when you focus intensely on a single subject or task for a period of time, you start forming something called the myelin sheath on your brain cells. If we look at an image of a neuron, which is the foundational building material of your brain, when you're learning, these cells begin to connect to one another. And that's how you begin to get knowledge. On those connections between neurons, we have something called the myelin sheath. And these myelin sheaths, actually allow for the signals and connections to travel faster and more efficiently between neurons. When we're in focus mode, we begin to build this connection and the myelin sheath between neurons. But when we engage in diffuse mode, by relaxing, taking a walk, or going to sleep, our brain actually helps to make these connections more efficient. So this means by going back and forth between the focus mode and diffuse mode, we begin to build our brain like a muscle. And if we engage in deliberate practice and studying every single day, this connection gets stronger and stronger and stronger over time. So this is why we say that we want our learning to be active and focused, because it's the most optimal way that we should be learning. But let's discuss a little further why this is important. See, active learning engages the principle of deep processing, which states that the more mental processing one performs on information, the more likely one is to retain that information. Of course, by information, I mean knowledge, facts, concepts, words, images, and skills, specific types of procedures that are used to achieve specific goals. The principle of deep processing lies at the core of why active learning works. And the whole goal of doing active learning is to get this information to stick in our minds, so that it can be accessed later, so we can actually apply it in real life to solve problems that we have. And this means taking the information that we're learning from our short-term or working memory to our long-term memory. See, your working memory is the memory that you use when you first start learning something and you're focused intently on it. And your working memory can hold about three or four thoughts or concepts. However, this information can only be held temporarily. If you get too many thoughts at once in your working memory, it becomes overwhelmed. And the other information that you're trying to hold will fall out and this is something known as cognitive load cognitive load is the total amount of mental effort being used by the working memory the more items we have in our more working memory the more difficult it becomes to focus on understanding what we're studying or solving a problem this is important in learning because if extraneous information is provided it may unnecessarily increase cognitive load and reduce learning efficacy So our job when learning is to move things from this working memory or short-term memory into our long-term memory, which is more permanent. Whenever you learn anything and really learn it, you have created sets of links in your long-term memory. And the number of of sets of links you can have in your long-term memory is virtually limitless. So the links that we store in our long-term memory serve as pre-worked extensions of that working memory. These links boost the power of the working memory. So when you're learning something you begin creating these links to be stored in long-term memory that eventually can be easily accessed and used to solve problems and understand concepts now going between the focused and diffuse mode as we learned earlier will help us to consolidate information and allow us to start creating those links and those links can be stored in the long term memory just as we spoke of when we move these information links into long-term memory we often set it in there with a cue for being able to recall it and pull it from our mind. And this is different than just recognizing some piece of information. When we're able to recall it ourselves, we're able to apply it in any situation. However, if we're just recognizing information, we need specific contexts to do it. So let's take a simple example. Let's say you learned the recipe of how to bake a cake. During your learning, if you actually embedded that process of baking the cake into your long-term memory, The second, and the third, and the fourth time you go to bake the cake, you should be able to actively recall all the steps from your own mind without looking at the recipe. And if you really understood the process, you should be able to get to the end of baking that cake and it'll be just as good as the first one that you did when you followed the recipe. However, if you don't truly understand and know the process of baking the cake, then you may have to go look at a recipe, in which case you're only recognizing the step, going oh yeah, I remember, that's the second step in this process to baking the cake. But you don't actually hold it in your mind or your memory so when we're engaging and learning we're trying to get you to the point that you're able to bake the cake without ever looking at a recipe because in reality when you're out in real life the recipe's not always going to be sitting there and you may come into a situation that you want to bake that cake so now that we understand that our learning should be active and focus how does this actually work in real application Well, when we're learning any information, our first step is to engage in an active and focused learning session. The rest of this course is going to give you techniques to show you what that active and focused learning session is. But briefly, this means that you're focused intently on the task at hand, not distracted by a bunch of other things. And you're actively engaged with the material that you're working with. So if you're reading, you're trying to do things like active recall, working on problems, or if you're learning a skill, you're trying to practice that skill in a focused and intentional way. Then as we finish up our active and focused learning session, we want to alternate into that diffused mode of thinking. This means taking some time away from the problems that you're working on or the learning that you're doing. For example, if you're solving a bunch of math problems, maybe you do a set of 10 and go take a walk and then do another set of 10. Or maybe you're programming some code and you get to a really tricky part and you just can't figure out or solve the problem you can engage the diffuse mode by taking a small break and coming back to that problem later. And this also tells us that it's okay to take some leisure and rest time between learning. Because remember, this is when our brain is actually starting to strengthen those connections between neurons, starting to build the myelin sheath. It also means that sometimes when you're learning, it's actually better to leave things unfinished. For example, if you're reading a book, rather than finishing the entire chapter, you could read three quarters of a chapter and leave the last quarter to your next reading session. This will not only help your memory to start working out the chapter and the things that you learned, but it's also going to motivate you to want to finish that chapter later. Because you've solved part of the problem and the content that's in that chapter in your mind, but now you're excited to finish the rest of it, to figure out the solution to those theories and concepts that are in that chapter. Or if you're reading a fiction book, you want to finish the story. So this is making your brain work and think, even when you're engaged in the diffuse mode of thinking. And finally, you need to get some sleep. We've already learned why sleep is so important to the learning process and the things that it's doing for our brain while you're asleep. This would be the old way of engaging in that diffuse mode. So, so far, we've engaged in an active and focused learning session, and now we're going to take some sort of break, whether that's just a 5 to 10 minute break, or we're engaging in a longer break, such as going to sleep that night. When we come to engage into our second learning session, we're going to do things like deliberate practice and active recall, techniques that you'll learn coming up. But what this is going to do is to help strengthen those links of information that we've started to embed in our mind in the first active and focused learning session. We're going to start moving that material from short-term memory to long-term memory. And the more active and focused learning sessions that we engage the material with, the more it's going to strengthen those long-term memory links in our mind. And remember from our last session, we want to practice the foundational material and start build associations with new material. So we would engage this foundational material in an active and focused learning session, then begin alternating between the focused and diffuse mode, which will start to help build links in our long-term memory. And by practicing the foundational material, we're going to strengthen those links in our long-term memory so that when we learn new materials, new skills and knowledge sets, we can start to build association between those links, creating a greater and greater array of neural connections in our mind. And before you know it, We'll begin to really master a skill, having lots of links of knowledge in our long-term memory so that it can be later retrieved, pulled to our forefront, and applied in a new situation. Doing all of this so that we can actually apply the skill and reach the goals that we want in life to solve problems and to create new things. So next, we're going to cover the techniques to begin using in active and focused learning and start the process of moving new information from the short-term memory to the long-term memory. Okay, for our activity today, to start practicing active learning, we're actually gonna start practicing our first technique, even though you haven't learned it yet, which is active recall. So what you're going to do is try and recall from your memory some of the things that you learned in this lesson. Don't look back at your notes or listen to the audio yet and recall the key points or concepts from this lesson on active learning. Tomorrow, we'll dive into our first technique of active recall and you'll find out why this is so powerful for your learning. Thank you for taking the How to Learn Anything course. To get everything you need to become a pro learner, including advanced resources, personal coaching, and a community of passionate learners just like you, then visit plato.university slash courses slash learning and join us for free. Again, that's plato.university slash courses slash learning.